We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Good morning, good morning. It's great to stay up late. Good morning, good morning to you. Hello, friends. It's Kirk Henderson. Uh, Editor-in-Chief of Mavs Moneyball, you're joining us for Mavs Moneyball After Dark. I am joined by my good friend, John, who I tried to say his last name before, and I'm just not even going to try now. Just suffice to say, he is uh, Rebecca Lawson, former Editor-in-Chief's husband, who has had to watch a ton of Mavs games over the years, and he has become a Mavs fan, whether he wanted to or not. And he also used to be my uh, podcast boss at SB Nation. How are you, John? I'm good. Uh, this is fun because it's still Friday here, and I think it's Saturday where you yeah, are. Yeah. It's, just, oh, it's yeah. a bit of a bit of a time traveling podcast. Like it is one thirty in the morning on the East Coast where I used to live, and like oh, this yeah. game would have made me scream into like the sun had the Mavericks lost, but they didn't, guys. They beat the shit out of the Philadelphia 76ers, one hundred seven to ninety eight. Held those fuckers to thirty five points in the second half, and it was one of the most cathartic wins of the entire Luka Doncic era because. Frankly, there was just a lot of things that were weird in this game, including a 45-minute delay in the first quarter because Luka Doncic noticed that the rim was crooked, which explains why Dorian Finney-Smith was able to hit shots. And and they just they 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 rallied back because they were getting their ass kicked. How, how much of the game did you see? Because I know you tuned in probably midway. Like, did you tune in during the the shock, like the delay? Yeah. So, uh, so I, I, the first couple minutes, you know, like my, my kid was still up. And so I was like distracted, but it was on. And then I was like, what are they doing? Why do they have a tape measure out? Like what's going on? And you remember yesterday, I told you before I was a, a Mavericks fan, I grew up in New Jersey and I was a Nets fan. And I actually said, I was at the game where Shaq like ripped down the entire basket, like didn't break mm. the backboard, ripped down the entire basket. Like the shot clock almost hit him in the head and killed him. 
and I was there for like a one hour delay where they had to like bring out the the replacement basket and unfold it and all of that. So it was very funny to like mention that for the first time in a long time last night and then, like, right. watch it happen tonight. <laughs> and I mean, it was for for I don't blame anybody who didn't who missed this game because number one, the Mavs had played like ass two games in a row and. Then it was a late game that started at 9.20 local time, not 9. 20 minutes matters in these games that are two hours long. And this game just never freaking stopped. It was mad. Like, it, it just kind of kept going. And that was really what happened. Like, my wife was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bed. I'm, it, was, it was insane. Yeah, my, uh, my, my wife, who I, th- I think you previously mentioned, uh, Rebecca, who used to run Mavs Moneyball before you, yes. um, she, she also went to bed uh, sometime, <laughs> like literally like during the third quarter blitz, she was like, I just, I don't have room in my head for whatever's going on right here. And she like just disappeared into the bedroom. Um, yeah, this, this game was a lot. Uh, and, and I have, I have thoughts about kind of what happened, um, like, I, I I have thoughts about what happened on the court, and then I have thoughts about like what potentially happened during halftime to like generate the whole thing. But I want to hear your thoughts first. So I, I'm really not sure because there's sort of like Joel Embiid. I hate watching this man play basketball. He had 27 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, two steals, and three blocks. Like he in 33 minutes, by the way. He is an unbelievable basketball player who is so skilled and is so big and also falls on the ground all the fucking time. And just he gets foul calls because he is so good. I'm not taking a single thing away from his skill. I just don't really like watching him. He had one post move to the middle of the floor that had me make a noise because it was so impressive. But for 14 of he, he took 14 free throws tonight and some of them were garbage where it's just like he should have been out of the game. So I was really frustrated because he just doesn't get called for fouls. Like he he finished with two personal fouls. Nonsense. Between him and Matisse Thibel, who really put Luca in prison for a period of time, it's really hard for Luca to get going when Luca is getting hit every single second of, of the entire, you know, whatever it was. But then somehow Luca finished with a hysterical 33-point, uh, 13 rebound, 15 assist triple double. And I, I mean, I like I know what happened because I watched the whole game, but I'm still having a hard time getting it. Does that make any sense? It does. I have I have theories. I'm going to pretend like I actually know what I'm talking about for a minute, and then you can you can tear all my theories apart. No, that's fine. Uh, are, so, this is a wild game. <laughs> so so uh, number one, um, I, I, by you know at halftime they were down ten. It looked really bad, right? They should and, have been down more. Yeah, and it was big stretches of the first half where, like, the Sixers were just feeding Embiid over and over and over again, and it just kept working every time. And Thibault was shutting down Luke on the other side, or, or as much as you can shut down Luke on the, on the, the other side. And it just looked like, where's the offense going to come from? How are they going to stop Embiid? And they came out in the third quarter. They're playing this 2-3 zone, and they did two things. Number one, they basically said we're going to make it impossible to, to get an entry pass into MB. And, and if he gets the ball on the outside, we're going to make it. So we're going to, we're going to bring enough help that he can't get past Dwight or whoever's defending him. So they have to make a choice of like, someone else has to shoot. Um, they have to make this pass that everyone's trying the, the entry pass that everyone's trying to get. Um, or, you know, Embiid is going to shoot a three, which if, if you have Embiid shooting threes, you've already won on defense. 
and uh as and and it felt very much like and and this is kind of my theory it felt very much like the early 2000s new jersey nets when i was still a nets fan and jason kidd mm. was on that team and they went to back-to-back finals that team was like kind of like the current mavs like bereft of talent outside of jason kidd like Kerry Kittles and Keith Van Horn were were really not better than I don't know Jalen Brunson and uh, you know Dorian Finney-Smith, Dwight Powell. Like Kenyon Martin was an athlete, but um, there wasn't a lot of talent around there. And they Jason could dra- drag them to back to back finals. And basically, what they did was they played a two three attacking zone. They tried to dare people into throwing entry passes. Then they would steal them, and then they would run. And what they did in the third quarter was basically that. And every time they were able to pick something off, they ran, they ran more than I think I've seen them run all season uh, in that third quarter. And it, it created mismatches for Lucas. So he wasn't always facing Thibault. Mm-hmm. And when he, when he was facing anyone that wasn't Thibault, he was attacking. And then he started realizing this is fun. I can get in the paint. I can get in the paint against slower guys, smaller guys. I can dunk on them. I can scream. Like it seemed like Jason Kidd, gave them some sort of halftime speech about like, guys, I did this before we can beat this team. We can win these games, but it's going to take like a lot of running and a lot of effort on defense. And you got to do it if you want to win. And they all bought it is what it seemed like to me. I don't have a good theory. All I know is that it was kind of one of those games because I wasn't covering it in the normal sense where like, so my wife and I were talking, she had me switch places on the couch, and I, like, felt like a true lunatic sports fan because <laughs> all of a sudden the ball just kept ending up in the Mavericks' hands. Like, Luca only ended with a certain number of steals, but the ball ended with, or the ball, you know, started on fast breaks in that third quarter repeatedly with the, him advancing the ball. Yeah. And I, I, I'm just... It was it was a spectacular defensive third quarter. They held the the Sixers to 15 points, which probably has to be among their lowest. And they were really forcing things because it was almost like the game came too easy for them, if that makes sense. Yeah. And they they started like buying into some bullshit and it I mean it was remarkable. I I I don't remember a half like that because like I went into the half and I was mad. Because I feel like Luca was getting hit and was getting hurt, and he, you know, he he still ended the game with with um, nine free throws, which is better than than what I was complaining about at halftime because he had something like six to Embiid's like twelve, and it was just driving me crazy. And kids, one of the things, and like this is a fair criticism, kid on the sidelines. This is this is not really an arguable point. Up until the second half of this game this season, he hasn't really been very animated, and. Either that dude read our tweets because it wasn't just me. It was plenty of people yelling about him. He really started going to bat for things. He was animated. He was clapping. He was running up and down the sideline. He was being very Theo Pinson-ish, for lack of a better descriptor. And it was really, it, it mattered. Like, there was just energy coming from the coaching staff, and it wasn't led by Sean Sweeney. And I know Kid isn't, like, like I think there's, you know, over the course of an 82 game season, you can't have your head coach being a fucking rah rah guy. Like there's there's too many games to be played. But this was the game where like they were really riding on some pure emotion because you know Maxi Kleba wasn't playing. Dorian, uh, I'm sorry, Dorian Finney Smith wasn't able to hit a shot. Kristaps Porzingis wasn't playing. Like they were really lacking in size, and so for them to be even in this game at all, you know, they they started out on like I think it was like an 8-0 run to start the third, and they just kept coming and. 
you know, kid who I've criticized the shit out of and reasonably so really coached the hell out of that team in the second half. I mean, it was fun to watch. Yeah. And, and again, like just continuing on my own, uh, probably shitty theory. Uh, no, keep going. I, I, I felt like the, him being animated was okay. So we, we talked a couple days ago about how, uh, the Mavericks don't have that veteran guy that can tell Luca to like pull his head out of his ass or, or tell the team to start playing harder. And you said Jason Kidd can't be that guy. And like, I, I generally agree, but I still feel like because of the way they came out, it really felt like they went in at halftime and Jason Kidd was that guy who was like, if you want to win, I know how to do it. But you all have to buy in and sell out on defense, on fast breaks, like the half court offense. We will figure that out. Like we, we we're good enough there. We have Luca, we have Brunson. We're good enough there. But if we just terrorize them with this two, three zone defense and run like hell to create mismatches. And when you run like that, you take Embiid completely out of the picture. Cause you know, mm-hmm. he, he might be a great athlete, but he's still slow. Cause he's seven foot tall, yep. and 300 pounds. Yep. So I felt like kid being animated was because this was, you know, maybe the first time where he got the whole team and he was like, buy into my plan and we can win this game. And so then he had something really, really riding on it of like, I can prove them right. Like if this all works out, I can prove them right. So he was yelling out like defensive switches. And there was some points where he was like, go for the steal now. Like you could see him going like it's the entry pass is coming. Go for it now. Sell up now. And so it just really felt like he was trying to follow up on, whatever he had maybe sold them or promised them at halftime. Whatever the hell he did, it worked because 35 points against that team was insane because there were instances in the first half where, um, where Harris was running pick and rolls with Andre Drummond who, and I can't emphasize this enough for Mavs fans. I fucking hate Andre Drummond. I was waiting for He is an empty stats all-star moron, and the fans who really like him have not watched him fail because he doesn't help winning. He sucks. And so when he was running pick and rolls with Tobias Harris and getting a couple of easy oops, like I was just like, oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. And then, and we've not talked about this, Luka Doncic had one dunk this season. One. He threw down two in this game including including uh one on on drummond which was absolutely incredible and and just oh god it was just like like such an uh uh invigorating game for all of my takes that were both good and bad because i was shitting on kid in the first half and i and then just like drummond i was hating and it's just like all these things came back around like this is like a really good example of why you watch regular season sports because the game ostensibly doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter in the big picture because they play so many of them, but we're here on a Friday night national televised game, which the Mavericks have lost plenty of, by the way, and they came out and just cooked with gas and it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, So uh, this is the point of the podcast where we start staring at the box score and and pointing out things that are funny. Um, this is my this is my favorite thing at the moment. Uh, the rebounding leader for the game, uh, Joel Embiid had thirteen, of course. Right here, uh-huh. here's the here's the other Sixer starters. By the way, total rebounds three, two, three, one. Um, but tied for the lead in rebounds for the game 
Luka Doncic, mm-hmm. the only guy on the Mavericks who had double digit rebounds. Like the fact that he outscored Joel had the same number of rebounds and, you know, of course, 15 to four assists and two steals. Like Luka basically outplayed Joel at like the big man game, which is really strange. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was an offensive rebound which led to a, um, and we've not even talked about him yet, in Reggie Bullock 3, where he just sort of came out of nowhere (laughs) because Luka has this incredibly frustrating tendency when he doesn't have the ball to just, you know, become the Statue of Liberty wherever he is in the court. And I think it's it's almost like, I have this theory. You're going to like this theory. So my key to looking good in professional settings is looking like shit so often that whenever I do dress up, people are like, yeah, Kirk looks good today. <laughs> and that's Luca when it comes to off-ball movement. Because he does it so infrequently that whenever he does it, it's like, holy cow. Luca was just happening to be there. Because, like, how often do you see Luca at the rim for an offensive rebound? And he's right. just, like, is there, and then he kicks it out, and then it's a three, and it's like, yeah. Like, it was great. I loved it. I, I felt like his off-ball stuff was was good tonight, and I, it was because when he didn't have the ball, it was like he knew what he was supposed to be doing. Um, and so the, he basically would always come down, and he would set the pick for the guy coming around the screen, and then if that guy couldn't get open, he would then come around, and the guy that he had set the screen for would set one for him, and he would get the handoff probably from Brunson, and they would kind of restart with you know 10 seconds left on the shot clock. Um, but but it it felt like there was less of that, like Luca just sitting there with his hands on his knees and mm. more of that, like he's constantly moving. It really felt like uh, I, I kept thinking about that. Um, I think it was Pr- uh, Mike Prada who wrote the thing last year or two years ago about how the Mavericks offense, when they get into it really, really fast, uh, like early in the shot clock is much more effective than if they wait around for like the last, you know, 10, 15 seconds of it. And it felt like that was their, they were just rushing. They were rushing and it caught the Sixers off guard. Cause they were like, wait a minute. This team Mavericks doesn't not, do this. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not fast. Like we, we thought we had like kind of a slow game where we could jog up and down the court all game. What the hell is this? Um, not to mention the Mavericks played fast and, and their rotation is weird. Cause like Boban got three minutes. Trey Burke got eight Both minutes. Boban minutes change the game. <laughs> they, I mean, it, it's funny because it was just, it was three minutes. It was the last three minutes yeah. of like the first half. Um, but they were important for whatever reason. He, I mean, it, it like Embiid was no longer like he got fouled and then shut some free throws. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to shake and bake and take a 15 foot jumper, which he didn't yep. make. Yep. And it's just, it's just the little stuff here and there where you stop a player with that much, um, with that much like forward momentum in a game where he was just dominating. I mean, it was, it was just like all sorts of little things which added up at the right times. It's just, it's, it's amazing. I mean, Frank Nilakina hit a four point play that <laughs> like weird, truly bizarre things happened. I mean, Josh Green had seven rebounds, including one where I thought he tore every ligament in his knee. Oh my God. I saw, I saw that too. I saw that. I saw the same thing and I thought he was like dead. I thought, Oh yeah. And then he's just like, okay, here. Yeah. This is the perk of being, you know, 20 and, and, and lobbing around. I mean, you know, the Mavericks needed some shit to go their way and they've earned it with some of the ways that they've, they've just haven't had things go their way. I mean, I was, I find myself really pleased because this was just not looking fun. Um, I wonder if I woke up my child to hear my wife stomping. That's not good. Um, 
But here's probably. the thing: it, it wasn't it wasn't even like they were getting insanely lucky, right? Like Luca mm-hmm. went one for six from three. Jalen went one for four from three. Like even Reggie Bullock, you'd be like, "Oh, Reggie Bullock was a flamethrower!" Like he hit five of fourteen shots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like Reggie Bullock was, uh, I mean, they uh, hit twenty nine percent of their threes as a team. That's right. wild. Right? They they weren't even particularly lucky. It was almost like they they tapped into something that Jason Kidd had been keeping in his back pocket. Like he was like, oh, I know I can roll this out at some point and just like blow someone off the court. And he just decided to test it out and it worked. My question is, uh, and, and you've been you follow the news on the Mavericks closer than I do, of course. Uh, why didn't Maxi play? And like, is this a bad? Well, I mean, is this a sign that Maxi should kind of go back to the bench and be a Maxi was ruled out? ruled it's, out because it, of knee a knee contusion and this is it. a great point though because you are not the first person i mean probably in a podcast form you are but let's just say that like maxi kleba's durability has become a thing which more and more people are recognizing because maxi is extremely important to this team but the mavericks also treat him i mean I made like a DeMarco Murray comparison the other night and then and and it's just like all sorts of like dead Cowboys running backs people have been throwing <laughs> them at me for the last several days where it's just like man the Mavericks have just not been kind to Dorian or Maxi but in yeah. terms of minutes totals cuz like Maxi played 42 minutes the other night like he has no business playing 42 minutes in an NBA game yeah exactly with all the miles on his body for sure and i mean it's funny cuz they they basically played what I think will be like their their best lineup if everyone's healthy, which is Jalen, Luca, Bullock, Dorian, and like KP. But they just had Powell in the KP role, and he mm-hmm. and he just you know scraped and clawed and you know got by somehow at fourteen points in thirty four minutes. That's that's good on him. Had really no other stats to speak of, um, but you know it, it put him in that zone. And the fact that he's uh, very undersized next to Joel Embiid is is less of an issue. But it, it was funny to see them do their own version of, you know, the the quote unquote like death lineup and use it against a Sixers team that's, you know, known for being big. Like they're the mm-hmm. big team. Right. And especially when they have Ben Simmons or even bigger um, and and just be like, yeah, see if you can keep up uh, and, and your size isn't going to matter on offense because we're not going to let any entry passes. And it was it was a, you know, very well coached game. Uh, it, it, but they also like they rode the crowd. I, I'd be very interested to know how this would have gone if it wasn't in Dallas. Well, I mean, the, the Iztok Franco effect was was really there because Iztok, my man, who writes for D Magazine, he's, he will just call him an alumni of Mavs Moneyball until he decides to write again for us. <laughs> he just, you know, but he was there and like, like it's, there's just, there was all sorts of crazy stuff because the fans who were at that game, um, uh, my guy Austin, who used to write for Mavs Moneyball as well, went to the game and it just seemed like the game to go to if you're a hardcore fan. Um Tickets were cheap because nobody really wanted to be there because of the weather. Yeah. And the crowd was great. Like they were great, despite the fact that there was a 45 minute delay. So there's, there's something to that. I like that take. And you know what? Uh, Sometimes a a 45 minute delay uh, with no basketball to watch is uh, a perfect excuse to, you know, grab a couple beverages. And sometimes that can make a a crowd a little crazier as well. Mm -hmm. Well, and apparently Luca went and tried to see if he could buy the crowd food. Like no way. Some, yeah, there was like some because I mean it, it just 
you know, you I mean you're you turned in the middle of it. Like it was so long. Like I could have watched the entire episode of The Mandalorian between how long. Oh this, yeah, no, this I, I was. I I was watching some of the ESPN Studio show when they were just scrambling, and it was terrible. I did enjoy <laughs> Luca walking up and like having a conversation with Richard Jefferson, like while they were live. That at uh-huh. that point, Rebecca was still in the room, and she was like, "Is he allowed to do that?" I was like, "Of course he is. <laughs> he's, just, he's just talking. It's they're fine. trying to fill airtime. Like they're delighted. They don't care." Yeah, exactly. They get and they'll probably replay that later. Hey, look, it's Luca talking to Richard Jefferson. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's far be it for us to theorize on whether or not a forty-five minute delay five minutes into the first quarter mattered. But uh, yeah, just really wildly fun, fun game uh, overall. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me and taking time out of your Friday. Um, we'll try to have you on again before the rest of the season. Josh comes back. He uh, is on vacation pseudo vacation i think he's at a bachelor party but he's up in tahoe and he's like super hilariously off grid it's great good for josh yeah um all right guys kirk anderson and this has been john uh we are hanging out on mavs moneyball be sure to follow the green room which will post sometime tomorrow i'm sure it's going to be wild to sell uh everybody enjoy the rest of your weekend and we will see you uh sunday because i'm pretty sure that's the next time they play and i'm not really going to look into it at the moment (laughs) bye guys Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.